This JT the Brick Legends moment is brought to you by M Resort, the official team headquarters hotel of the Las Vegas Raiders. Cliff Branch, number 21, is a talkative little receiver with a gift of grass. And although he is 35 years old, he still had enough speed to beat both Anthony Washington and Darrell Green to the ball for a 50-yard gain for the Raiders. Big play, Cliff Branch. JT, back with you. Brought to you by M Resort Spawn Casino. And we talk to Raider legends. It's at the official team hotel of the Silver and Black M. And Kenny King, kind enough to join us. Two-time Super Bowl champ and a teammate of the great Cliff Branch. Boomer, Kenny, how are you? Thanks for doing this. I'm great, uh, JT. How you doing? I couldn't be better. Thanks for doing this as we kicked off the summer of Cliff on his induction into Canton, Ohio in the Hall of Fame. I want to spend a few minutes talking about your friendship with Cliff on the field as a teammate, in the huddle, but especially off the field and the impact he had on your life. Wow. Wow. I, you know, when you, when you talk about Cliff Branch, you're talking about a great person. You know, it's just... You know, when I met Cliff in 1980, when I got there, I got traded from the uh, Oilers down to uh, to the Raiders. Cliff was one of the first people that, you know, players that I got to meet. Uh, you know, two, Zach was there and, and, and Hendricks was there. But Cliff was one of those guys, he, you know, he took me under his wings. I mean, he helped me. He, You know, I, I tell you what, I was a horrible, I was horrible at catching a football. I mean, I could not catch a goal. And Cliff took me in his under his wings and showed me a lot of different things. It's, so I mean, I'm jumping around because there's so much there's so much to talk about Cliff Branch as a person as a, as a player. But the ways that he helped me on the field, he helped me get better at catching the football. He would have me after practice up in Santa Rosa. He had me you know stand on the goal line and and behind the goalpost and you know, hold my hands out, and, you know, around, uh, grasp around the goalpost and uh, throw them into the football. So I had to catch it with the hands. Had to learn to catch it with the fingertips. No longer catching it, trying to catch it with the hands. And that was one of the things that really helped me, as, you know, as far as catching. And then from running routes, he showed me precision. He showed me how you don't just run out there and run a flat. You just run out there and turn and go. You run out there and you wiggle and you shake and you and you move and you give a move and, and make that happen. So those was just some of the little things that, well, not little things, was big things because, you know, look at the Super Bowl record uh, catch. I mean, I would have never had that catch if it hadn't been for Cliff Branch. I would have never gotten the end zone for Bob, if it hadn't been for Bobby Chandler. Um, but, you know, the little things that he, he did for individuals, um, I mean, I was, I mean, I, I was uh, rookie. I was still a rookie coming into you know into the league when I got traded to the Raiders. Uh, he took me on his wings. He invited me to stay at his home. Uh, I, you know, I, I mean, what can I say? What can I not say about Cliff Branch? Wow. I mean, there's, I mean, there's, I mean, I, there's nothing I cannot say about Cliff Branch. It's exactly why we're doing this, Kenny. You're the best. You're nailing everything on why we wanted to do this because Cliff is no longer with us. And really important, as you share how he helped you as a pass-catching running back and the accomplishments and one of the greatest highlights in Super Bowl history. I've never heard that story that way. Appreciate you sharing that. On a fun note, was he like what Snake said and then plunk it after him that he was always open when he got into the huddle? I'm always open. Get me the ball. How talkative was Cliff in the huddle when you were there? 
Cliff would come in and tell you that you know every play, every play he's open. I mean, he was <laughs> he was pretty much open every play. And you know, you got Gene and Art, you know, they're saying that come come on, Cliff, hush, come on, let let let, let Punkin call the play. Shut up, shut up, come on, let's let's call the play, call the play. Oh shoot! But I'll tell you this, I I will say this about Cliff Branch, and I will say this about the receivers of of, of that era. Cliff was a, Cliff was what. Five ten, one sixty-five, maybe one eighty. But I will say this: every run, every long run that I had, Cliff Branch was downfield somewhere making a block, whether it was on the other side of the field or whether it was on you know on this side of the field. But it was so important to have that other side covered, and he was that guy. He was the guy that was. He might not. He might not knock him down, but I tell you what, he got in their way so that they couldn't get there. Look at the run that Marcus Allen had in Super Bowl eight to fifteen. Mm-hmm. I mean eighteen. Same thing. Yeah. I mean, he's just. You know, I, I personally, you know, I personally am so sad because Cliff is not here to be able to go to the Hall of Fame and say the things and talk about his career in the National Football League from his viewpoint. So I tell you this, being able to sit there in the stands at that, you know, at this event is going to be a wonderful, wonderful opportunity. I just, like I said, I just hope, I wish, I wish that Cliff could have been there. Cliff is there, but I wish Cliff's voice, and I hope somebody can bring his voice to Canton on that, that night for him and that induction. Yeah, we, you and I and your son, when we were at Charles's party and late night and you've been back and you, you see people telling stories. And I think that Kenny King joins us. That's the one thing you bring up that I think will happen at his party, which you'll be at an alumni weekend. Do you think that with all your teammates coming around, you have a new coaching staff to talk about, new GM. We just had the president on, Sandra Douglas Morgan. There's a lot of topics there, but it just feels like the conversations, Kenny, about Cliff, in Canton, at the induction and the party and all the events you're going to be at the rest of the summer, he'll get he'll get his notoriety there. It's a shame he's not there. We can't get past that. But I think the stories and the joy that it's going to bring to his sister and the family is going to make yeah. everybody feel great. I do too. I, I I really do. I know because I mean Cliff was one. He was a lo- you know he was a loved person. I mean when he met my wife, you know he was you know he would come in and he's, he goes he called her Husker. <laughs> she's from Nebraska, and you know she. You know when when uh, uh, you talk about Cliff around her, she just gets excited. You know she gets excited about him, and get, you know just getting to know him. Uh, I mean, what a great person! I mean, that's all I can say. It's a great person, great man, great player, great teammate, great friend, great uncle, great dad. I mean, yeah, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Kenny King, Raider legend, two-time Super Bowl champ. What was it like for you in the month of July getting ready for camp because you played in an era where camp was brutal? Two-a-days, hard, I mean, playing against Hall of Famers. You were a great player. How would you get your mind set in the offseason, say the week before you had to go to camp, knowing how difficult that was going to be, even though there was going to be a lot of fun and partying and the buddies getting together? But what were those practices like back in the day? Those practices were brutal. These kids today, they don't have a clue as what the hell we went through. <laughs> I mean, because two a days, two a days back in you know in the seventies, eighties, nineties, those were. I mean, you you didn't get out of you didn't get out of practice every day. I mean, and, and I'll tell you this: 
we used to beg, literally beg Al for a, a just to be able to go in shorts one practice. Just get out of just get out of the pads. And Al's way of uh, of allowing that to happen was take the pads out of your pants so we go in shells. And that's what we call shells. So we would actually not have thigh pads, knee pads in, but you got your shoulder pads on. So, you know, practicing those days were, it was hard. It was brutal. They were long. It was arduous. And, but I'll tell you what, I wouldn't change it because it made, it made me a better player. It made us a better, it made us a better team. Um, two world championships in seven seasons. I mean, I, I can't yeah. complain. I mean, I made the playoffs. You know, I, I, I was in the playoffs, what, out of seven seasons, I was in the playoffs, what, five out of seven? Yeah. You know, and I tell you, if that's what it takes, if that's what it takes to get you there, to get your mind ready, to get you right, to get you in shape, to get you prepared, then that's what you got to do. I understand today's, the, today's game is the guys are staying in shape. They're, they have these, uh, chambers that they can sit in and cool off their bodies and stuff like that, and you know they got therapists and psych. You know they got all of the you know all of that stuff that we didn't have, so they can stay focused throughout the off season. Our off season was we get done with football. We're we're done with football. I mean after after you know after the season was over in February after Super Bowl, you don't see anything until May. And, you know, so it pretty much, I got to the point where I, when I got, when I moved from halfback to fullback, I, I put on, I put on about 20 pounds. Mm-hmm. And I remember going into camp, and this was in 83, I went into camp, and Mr. Davis says, how much do you weigh? I said, 221. He goes, absolutely not. You're full, you know, you're, you're halfback, fullback per se. <laughs> what the heck is that? But you know, I mean, I had to work my you know work that weight back down. But you know, twenty you know, that twenty pounds, it it took what the first week I was already at two eleven. So it doesn't take long. It didn't take long, especially when you're doing two a days. Two a days were those were two hours. Those were two hour practices in the morning and in the afternoon. And then you had your uh, you had your meetings at seven o'clock, seven thirty. You're done probably around ten, nine thirty, ten, and curfews at curfews at eleven. Well, well, you try to hit the bar as quickly as you possibly could, and have a few <laughs> drinks, and then get back to the room, and you know, go to bed, and get up, you know, next morning, and, and go do it again. And that's you know, that was that was uh, seven days a week. There, there was no off days. If we weren't, if we weren't, if we were not playing on Saturday, we had a scrimmage on Saturday. Kenny King's so. our guest, the Raider legend, two-time Super Bowl champ. You know, Kenny, just to build on what you've been saying here, which is so good, that all that hard work paid off. You played in the biggest games in the playoffs, the conditioning the tackling, the blocking, the ability to run routes, the ability to pick up blocks at your position. Did you feel like that, those dog days in July and August and all those preseason games really gave you an edge once you came to the postseason when it came to conditioning? Definitely. I mean, because when you get in the, when you get in the fourth quarter, 
when you get to that fourth quarter, and that was one of the things that I learned at, you know, really uh, learned about fourth quarter was at the University of Oklahoma. We used to throw up the four fingers. Fourth quarter, you know, this is it. You know, you you got to leave everything out there on the tank, you know, get everything out your tank, get everything, you leave it on the field. And being able to go to those types of camps and preparing you for it, when you got to that fourth quarter, you weren't tired. I mean, you were tired, but you know what? You worked through it. There is no, there is no quit in the fourth quarter, and that was that was the luxury of of the, you know, what you got from those those types of training camps. Yeah, we we complained about them. We, you know, we, you know, but it wasn't going to do us any good. But at the end of the year, when you're sitting there and you're saying, "Hey, we're all champions, baby. We're all champions." Yeah, I mean that. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. You can look back at it and say it was worth it. And when you can look back at it after seven, you know, my for me, seven seasons. I mean, two time world champion. I can't. I'm not complaining at all. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean I'll. I'll tell you about it. I'll you know give you the gruesome details of it, but I tell you what, I wouldn't change. I wouldn't change a thing about it. Yeah, what a run you had over those seven years—the games, the playoffs, and two Super Bowls. Finally, Kenny, looking at this team, you know there was a coaching change with John Gruden. Josh McDaniels comes in. Mike Mayock's out. Dave Ziegler seems to be doing a great job. They lock up Max Crosby, Derek Carr, long term, and Hunter Renfro. You bring in Chandler Jones and Devontae Adams, and you come to games and watch every Raider game. It's still a tough schedule in a brutal division. You were the kings of your division when you played, and charges were good, and the wild card team, I get it, but Raiders got some tough sledding here with a really tough schedule. Do you, does it look to you on paper that the team got better in the offseason and you believe they can go over 10 wins and make a deep playoff run? In my opinion, I think that I, I think that everything that uh, Mark has done this offseason has been immaculate. And and I say that because I, I like I like Josh McDaniels. I think that Josh's you know his tenure at, at Denver was kind of one of those things, and now he's got got to go back to New England. Now he's coming back as a head coach. He learned from it. You got him as a, his friend Ziegler uh, uh, as a general manager going to work together. Ms. Douglas, who's the president, you know, I, I like that. I like that move. I love the fact that, you know, we've got Carter signed. I love the fact that we got Max Crosby. Chandler Jones is going to make us a different, you know, it's going to help us make us a different team. We already had, there was the players. The players was, the play, I think that the Raiders have always had the players. I think we have been living in the past with the offensive coordinators and the defensive coordinators and some of the head coaches that we continue to bring back and trying to, you know, build this organization. This game today is designed for player these great players to have great coaches. You need a great coach to motivate them into that next level. If you cannot get them into that next level, then you need to move on and find somebody that can. And that's one of the things that the New England Patriots have done so well. And I think that Mark sees that and saw that, and that's that what that's what Josh McDaniels brings to this organization. He brings that leadership. He's not too old. He's not too young. But he's old enough that he can he can understand working with these multi-millionaire players, and that's. And, and and understanding their you know what their needs and and keeping that temperament, 
I see this team. I see this team doing great things this season. Eleven games. Yeah, I, I think eleven, twelve games win. I, I, I see it. Do we have a tough division? Sure, we do. But you know what? That don't make a difference. It's one of the things I'll never forget this, and I hope that the players today understand this concept. When Mr. Davis said in 1983, when we got our Super Bowl rings, he says, "Guys, when we walk into a stadium and they boo you, you know they fear you." Well, we lost that fear for a long time. Now we need to get that back. We want the we want the fans to boo us. We want the Broncos, the Chiefs, the Chargers, the Rams, whoever we're playing. We want them to boo us because we are good. But one thing it is, we're good. Let's become great. Love that. Kenny, fantastic. I won't forget this interview. You are unbelievable. Really appreciate your time. I'll see it in Canton uh, throughout it and late night, as always, and we'll celebrate Cliff and tell more great stories. Really appreciate you joining us today. All right, my friend. Thanks, JT.